Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 16. And boy, do I have an episode today. We're going to talk about the UNC game from last night, and I certainly have a lot on my mind. I'm sure all of the Tar Heel fans out there do as well, as we fall to Georgia Tech yesterday, 72-67, to 5-4 on the season now, 0-2 in ACC play. After the game, I just had no words. I had no words to describe that performance. For the Tar Heels, Armando Baycott once again led the way with 14 points, 5 rebounds. Leaky Black had 10, 5 of 7 shooting. He actually had a pretty good game offensively. Garrison Brooks had 9 and 11. Kerwin Walton had 9 points. He had 3 huge threes. He was 3 of 4 from the line or from the uh, the three-point line. Besides from that, no one really, no singular player put up that many points. Scoring was really spread around. Caleb Love had eight points, three of ten shooting. R.J. Davis had five points, one of seven shooting. Playtech only had three points, one of five shooting. So the guards, aside from Walton, are just another poor, poor shooting night. For the Yellow Jackets, Alvarado and DeVoe each had 20. Alvarado actually had a fantastic game. I was really impressed with him. 27-7 on 8 of 10 shooting. Once that second half hit, once Georgia Tech started getting on a run, Alvarado controlled the rest of that game, and it showed because, you know, UNC was controlling this game for the most part. But then once he picked up the tempo, once because he's a veteran guard, once he got control of the game, you could see the tide turn. For the Yellow Jackets, and that's exactly what happened. Also for the Yellow Jackets, Usher, he had a pretty good game. 14 points, 6 of 13 shooting. But this is a this is a bad loss for the Tar Heels. This is not a good performance whatsoever. Second half defensively, so sloppy. Leaving three-point shooters wide open. Letting Alvarado get in space and create for his team. I mean, Roy Williams... It only took him half of the second half to stick Leaky Black on Alvarado once he started getting comfortable. It was a little too late for that. Once again, turnovers. 18 turnovers for the Tar Heels. It's just not going to get it done, guys. It's just not going to get it done. And another thing on turnovers, we were up for the first time in the first half, we went into the first half of the lead, I think for the first or second time of the season. The first four minutes, we had five turnovers, and we were still up like 9-6 to six or 11-6. to six. That's five shots that we never took. What if we take a couple of those? Then we hop out to an early 10-point lead, possibly, and maybe we go on a route against Georgia Tech. But no, we kept them in the game in the first half, let them keep it close. They go on like a 9-0 run, making three threes in a row in the first half to cut the deficit. Shooting for the Tar Heels, 8 of 20, 40% from three-point range. That's the best we've shot all season. Kerwin Walton had three threes, like I said earlier. Caleb Love was 2 of 5 from three-point range. He hit a huge three in the second half. Good to see a couple fall for him, even though overall he was 3 for 10. Gerson Brooks had a three at the end of the shot clock. RJ Davis had a three. Playtech had a three. But I couldn't complain with the three-point shooting. I'll take eight threes from this team. Free throws, we were 9 of 14, but we are 2 of 7 in the second half. 
that's not going to get it done. Now, I, I was been, I've been thinking of how I can analyze this game and how I can give answers for our play. Because over the past few episodes, when it comes to Tar Heel basketball, I've said this is a young, inexperienced team. They'll get better. But as Tar Heel fans, we want improvement. We want answers. And I'm going to be very blunt with some of my analysis. First off, we need to lower our expectations a little bit. I'm not going to be a pessimist, but this is not a Final Four team. This is not even a Sweet 16 team at this point, the way we are playing. The way these guards are being outplayed by better, more experienced guards with as much talent as they have. I'm just hoping this team can make a tournament at this point because I have not seen any improvements from the guards. Like I said last episode, they will take us as far as they, as they go. And they are not playing like it. They are not playing like they're going to take this team far into the tournament, which as Tar Heel fans, we expect because we are a blue blood program, one of the top in the nation. And we're just hoping this is not another down year like last year. We're hoping that last year was a fluke. But if we don't pick it up, it's going to be just like last year. Second half defense. Again, horrible. I believe we allowed like 43 points in the second half. They shot 61% from the field in the second half. That's inexcusable. And Roy Williams talked about it in his, in his uh, post-game conference. Defense has to be better. The offense in the second half. It was good for a bit. There were some stretches where it looked really good. Kerwin Walton, he is really, really growing on me as a player. He took some huge threes and he made them. I believe he knocked down like three in a row maybe. Or again, he was three or four, but he had three threes in that second half to push that lead to 61 to 53. But after that point, Georgia Tech calls a timeout with 6.53 left in the game. We score six points. The rest of the game. That is seven minutes, six points. It's inexcusable. Yellow Jackets end the game on a 19-6 run from that point to win by five. How are you going to score six points in the last seven minutes of a game? I mean, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say about it. Offensive execution at times is poor. Just passing it around the perimeter, not getting into the paint. There's no dribble drive penetration at all. I know that's not the offense, but that's what guards do nowadays. They get into the paint. They create for their team. None of it. Every possession where we pass it around the perimeter with our guards and maybe get it to the high post once, but then kick it back out for the first 20 seconds of the shot clock, I know it's not going to be a good possession. This team scores with their bigs. Get it to them. Don't pass it around the perimeter. And don't pass around the perimeter without a purpose. Don't pass it, dribble in time, and then pick it up just to swing it back to the other side, right where it came from. Get to the drive baseline. Get into the elbow area. These guards are just not doing a good job of that because it's lazy offense. Again, no space to drive because there are two bigs. But if you got there, a lot would open up. Sloppy passes. Caleb Love, he had three turnovers. He had a couple passes where I was like, that's just robotic. Just play basketball. Don't overthink things. Like, 
he just immediately passed it to the corner because that's just I know like I've been there like when you're in an offense and your brain is kind of programmed to to make those passes like a robot but it, we've seen his talent we saw a couple flashes last night he hit a huge huge three late in the shot clock he had a really nice flare getting to the paint again why can't he drive to the paint more Stop with the mid-range jump shots, get to the paint, and go up strong to, to go to the free throw line or make it or dish it off to the bigs. This offense is just hard to watch sometimes, and it's because of the guards and the bigs, or it's because of the guards not getting it to the bigs, and the bigs either not hitting free throws or just missing shots. And then I see people on Twitter questioning Roy Williams' offense. And, I, and I'm torn. Because with the two bigs, we win every rebound battle, every game. That's That gets us second chance points. That limits second chance points. We were 36 to 23 in rebounds. We, we had nine offensive rebounds. They had one. We control the paint. And that's huge for college basketball, huge defensively. But on, but on the other side, these guards just aren't getting it done. We don't have a Kobe White. We don't have a Joel Berry, a Marcus Page. We don't even have a Cole Anthony. Because with the two bigs, these guards who clearly right now aren't as good as ones in the past don't have room to get into the paint, to go up strong for layups. And because of that, there's no shooting space. It's just a little crowded with two bigs. And nowadays, most college teams, like Georgia Tech yesterday, had four guards and a center. Spread the floor, let your guards go to work. It's just a guard-oriented game nowadays. Does that mean Roy Williams should completely switch it up? No, because these bigs are the best players on our team. Armando Baycott had another pretty good game yesterday. Again, 14 points. Armando's been very good. Dayron Sharp, he's been fantastic. 7-7, seven and seven, only one of four from the free throw line. Again, Garrison Brooks. I still want to see more from him. I want to see him erupt one of these games, put up to 20 points like he would last year. He averaged 18 last year. I mean, it seems like he's taken a little bit of a step back, but we need him to get back on track. But overall, the offense goes through the bigs. So why are we waiting till 10 seconds in the shot clock to get it to the bigs? It baffles me. And if you're not going to get to the bigs, then just please. One move, get to the hole. Aside from that, I don't really know what else to say. I don't want to say that this is just a bad team, but right now they're not playing like a good team. Can't put together two good halves of basketball, it seems. Shooting, we shot 40% from three-point range last night. That did not matter at all. Because we still lost. So when we're looking for the future, the future of this team, what do I think needs to happen? Oh, another thing to, to touch on. We had three new starters last night. We had Walton, Sharp, and Playtech start for Brooks, Black, and Love. It didn't really matter who started because the starters, or the start from earlier in the season, got more minutes. But here's what needs to happen to, for the rest of the season. I'm going to give three things that I think need to change. Number one, Kerwin Walton needs to start instead of either Leakey 
or Caleb Love. He is. I know people on Twitter were saying that his help side defense was bad, but his shooting is too valuable for this team right now. He seems like the only guy who can consistently knock down an outside shot. This could be Kenny Williams for us. I've had friends tell me that who have been Chapel Hill fans longer than me that this guy can really be him. He can be that outside shooter for this team. He should start. I think he should start alongside Baycott, get Garrison Brooks back in there, R.J. Davis, and either Caleb Lover or Leakey. In my personal opinion, I want Leakey off the bench. Because if unless he keeps playing like he did yesterday on offense, I think Caleb Love should start, get three guards in there. Three guards who should be good on offense, who should have some offensive power. Because with two bigs and Leaky, in my opinion, it's hard to generate offense, especially when he's a non-factor and he's not shooting the ball well. Shot the ball well yesterday. But I think we should go with the three-guard set with two bigs because Leakey, he's not a guard. He's, he's a small forward who can kind of handle the ball and not he's not so great on offense. Defensively, put him on their best guy. Let him be the lockdown defender. But I do not want him on offense in clutch moments. And that's why I think these three guards should start together and let's see how they do. Number two. Depending on how the game goes, let's try four guards. We did it one time. It might have been against Iowa. I really liked it. Try four guards if, if the offense isn't working. Switch some things up. And the third one that I'm just trying to think of right now, I mean, again, I don't have that many answers. I'm not a part of the team, obviously. I'm just giving my observation. I, I honestly don't know if I can think of a third. I guess I guess the traps on defense I just don't like. They don't work in my opinion. They got a couple open threes off of them yesterday. I just just don't like it. I don't like the traps. If they don't work, try something new. Yeah, guys, I can't think of a third, honestly. Though I, I've given all my answers offensively. I don't really know what to do defensively. It just seems like effort. Always stick leaky on the best guy, I guess. But yeah, that, that's what I have to say about this game. I'm as speechless as some other fans. I'm hoping it can improve. I think it will improve because there were some flashes yesterday of good basketball. But obviously more flashes of not so good basketball. But this team needs to get back on track. And I'm officially concerned. My concern has grown with this team. We need to see a win. Because I really thought this team could be at the top of the ACC. This team had the talent to contend, but they're not playing like it right now. But again, I'm optimistic. This team is going to get better. They have the talent. I think the shooting was a huge encouragement last night. They just need to play a more complete game. That's what I have to say on the Tar Hill game. Stay tuned. I'm going to talk a little bit of NBA, and then I'll wrap up the episode. All right, welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. Going to talk a little NBA here because first week has passed in the NBA. I want to give some of my first thoughts. First off, Toronto Raptors, we are 0-3. It's not good. I watched the I watched the end of the Sixer game on, I believe it was Sunday night, 
Monday night? I think it was Monday night. No, it was Tuesday night. Sorry. Tuesday night, we are up on the Sixers all game. Double-digit leads. Joel Embiid gets hurt. He comes back in. Ties the game up in the third. Helps lead their charge. But I watched this entire fourth quarter, and I have a few thoughts. Shot selection, poor. Terrible. I don't like when Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet pulls up for a three-pointer with seven, seven seconds into the shot clock. It's just a waste of a possession. Pascal Siakam, 8 for 23. He had 20 points, but I don't know. Something's, he's just not the same as he was. The bubble, obviously, Pascal Siakam did not play very well. And I don't know if he's really gotten better. He, in the clutch, he's just not good in the clutch. Out of control with the ball, turning the ball over. And that's why we really need Lowry to, to carry this team and Van Vliet in the clutch. Lowry had 24 that night, also 8 rebounds and 9 assists. OG Ananobi, he had 20 points, 7 of 11 shooting. The Sixers that night, Embiid had 29 and 16, Tobias Harris 26 and 11. A couple things about the Raptors, and then I want to transition to the Sixers. One player specifically on Sixers because I was going to talk about this yesterday, but I didn't get a chance to record an episode. But for the Raptors, guys like Norman Powell, only 18 minutes. Matt Thomas, 8 minutes. Boucher, 5 minutes after a 22-point performance against the Spurs. Why aren't they playing more? Terrence Davis, 0 minutes. These guys were our good bench players from last year, and they can be this year. We saw how Boucher performed against the Spurs. Why are we not playing them any minutes? Why are we playing Stanley Johnson 22 minutes? Stanley Johnson's not a good NBA player. Alex Lund got 21 minutes. Now, I think part of the reason for that is because Joel Embiid is on the other side. We need some bigger bodies because Boucher isn't necessarily a... He's, he's, he's more of a skinnier big. He's more of like a stretch, stretch five big who probably can't compete with Embiid because Embiid's huge and, and, and a beast down in the post. But I want those guys to get more minutes. I want Matt Thomas to get more than eight minutes. Norm Powell, my sixth man of the year candidate, had a rough start to the season. I want to see him do better. Van Vliet, 3 of 12 shooting, eight points. That's not great. But this is the Toronto Raptors we're talking about. They haven't started this poorly in a long time. I th- they, they're playing the Knicks tonight. That should be a win. Hopefully we can get a one win in the win column to get back on track. It's a long season, though. But it is concerning seeing Siakam go 8 of 23, 4 of 9 from the three-point line. So that means that he was 4 of 14 in the, from inside of the three-point line. That's not good. He's our best player. We need him to do better offensively. So as a Raptors fan, am I concerned? No. I think we'll get it back on track. We've seen teams start uh, start like this. I think the Rockets were like 1-4 last year. They started the season pretty poorly. But it, it is noted that you know, 0-3, maybe this isn't... Maybe maybe is this isn't going to be the same Raptors team from last year that was the number two seed in the East. But I'm hoping. I think we'll get better. I'm not too concerned. Just a, a couple notable performances. And lastly, about the Raptors until I transition to Ben Simmons. 
Double-digit leads in all three games. We've blown all three of them. Nick Nurse will figure it out. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA. But enough about that. Ben Simmons. Elaborated on this a little bit on one of my stories on social media. He had 11 points, 13 rebounds, and 7 assists. I don't care about the stats. He was 3 of 11 shooting. I watched the entire fourth quarter. He checked in the game with about seven or eight minutes left. He did not attempt one field goal. I'm not even talking a jump shot. He didn't even take a layup. His offensive assertiveness, non-existent for that team. He had nothing to do with that comeback for the Sixers. Nothing. Offensively. Defensively? Yeah, he played good defense on Pascal. I'll admit it. He's a good defender. But offensively, I don't know why people expect him to be the next LeBron. I am not a fan of Ben Simmons. And I feel like that game really showed it. Showed why I feel that way. He's not the star people think he's going to be or is. I don't think he's that good. I'm just going to say it. I know that's a bold take. A guy with his talent and ball handling and size, his best quality should not be defense. He should not just be a lockdown defender. He needs to be assertive and get to the rim and attempt some jump shots. 6'10", can dribble the ball, good basketball IQ and court vision. Absolute non-factor on offense for the Sixers that game. Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid really carried the team on offense. Seth Curry also had 17. But Ben Simmons just didn't do anything. I was more scared when Seth Curry had the ball. Than Ben Simmons. I was more scared when Shake Milton had the ball. I was more scared when Danny Green, who got clowned on Twitter all of last playoffs, when he had the ball in the corner than Ben Simmons. He's easy to guard, zero threat on offense unless he's in the open floor. And it all rolls back to the question because the Sixers are in the running for James Harden. Do you trade Ben Simmons? For James Harden? And I was wrong earlier on my podcast saying that the Sixers wouldn't trade Simmons for Harden. So I'll admit, I'm definitely, you know, I'm not going to be right on every take. Definitely wrong on that one, but I think they should trade Ben Simmons for James Harden with zero hesitation. It's very obvious they don't fit Embiid and Simmons, they don't work together. Get Ben Simmons out of there for James Harden. Let James Harden work with Joel Embiid. That'll be an amazing two-man duo. That'll put Philadelphia in the championship contender category, in my opinion, because Joel Embiid, the impact he has on that team is immense. And Tobias Harris would be a great third option. But can we? Can guys on ESPN and the sports world stop treating Ben Simmons like a superstar? Because he's not. And he's not going to become one until he gets a jump shot, which doesn't seem like hap- it's happening. Zero development, in my opinion, and he's overrated. And I'm a little bit passionate about this because I just, I, I just don't like when people overrate players. And he's one of them. We need to be more realistic with Ben Simmons. He's not going to get a jump shot. This is who he is, and he doesn't fit with Joel Embiid. So if you're Daryl Morey, go get your guy James Harden. It would only be like Ben Simmons and a couple first-round picks, maybe another player like Shake Milton. 
That's what I have to say about Ben Simmons. That's my little rant on him. Not that good. Not as good as we think he should be. And certainly, in my opinion, not a star. He's still going to get treated like one just because I'm saying this doesn't mean he's just not a star. That's just my belief. A lot of point guards I took over him. And that's going to do it for today's episode. I do want to talk a little bit more about the NBA sometime in the future. It's just been a lot of Tar Heel uh, sports going on with the bowl game and the obviously NFL and then the college basketball games. So I do want to talk a little NBA. I want to have an NBA episode sometime in the future. I'm going to try to get some more guests on as well because I love doing those. It was great doing the episode with Paul on Monday talking about the Browns. Tomorrow I will most likely preview the bowl game, uh, UNC's bowl game against... Uh, Texas A&M, talk a little NFL, and I'm looking right now to see when the college football playoff games are. I believe I believe they're tomorrow. They might be tomorrow. I'm going to look real quick. Okay, so I just checked. The game is tomorrow. I will preview those uh, the college football playoff games and a little bit of the NFL Week 17 See who's going to make the playoffs in that. A lot of good stuff coming up. Thank you for tuning in. Tar Heel fans, stay strong. We're going to get out of this slump. We're going to get back to what Tar Heel basketball is. We're going to keep hope alive there. Anyways, again, thank you for tuning in, and I'll speak to you tomorrow.